The movie is out. Doomsday Mom, the Lori Vallow story, was released on Lifetime on June 26th. Does it tell the whole story? Well, kind of. Does it portray Chad and Lori accurately? Again, kind of. Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going fine. Just, uh, you know, what are we doing? Just doing and doing. I, I, well, we had, we went to Rexburg Pride this weekend, which is probably like the biggest thing, well, basically ever. Uh, It really is. To, to know the conservative place that we grew up, for mm-hmm. there to be a pride in that town is nothing short of a miracle. So it was pretty great. They figured they had about a thousand people attend. Yeah. It's also fantastic. So for us, that's huge numbers. Yeah. It is. It is. Again, we're little. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Now we've been um, playing with new technology. You might yes. have noticed a little intro video. That's something we're giving a shot to just kind of see how. How it goes, you know, that maybe it'll catch your attention a little bit. I don't know. We're, we're getting or fancy we're, over we're here. We're doing it. We don't know. We're giving something a try. We yeah. are. We are definitely giving something a try. Only because we can now. We have this new mm-hmm. tech that is just making it really fun to be able to do all this extra stuff. So hopefully yeah. you like that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm excited to hear all about the Lori Vallow story since uh, oh my, my television carrier does not carry Lifetime and neither does my Hulu. Like I couldn't get it from any which way. I tried and tried all morning. So Christy, I'm so happy that you get to, uh, well, that you got to watch it. <laughs> well, you know, that's two hours of my life. I won't get back, but yeah. You know, the weird thing about it is that there were probably, it was almost as many commercials as there was actual showtime. Like the commercials were insane. And I don't usually watch TV with commercials. So I was like, Oh my gosh. But it, it really was, it was kind of weird because it's done sort of in snapshots in time mm-hmm. mixed in with um, a film version of, that first big long interview that Nate Eaton did with Melanie Gibb. Yeah. So they'd say something would happen and then they'd go to Melanie Gibb or she would sort of foreshadow something and then they would go to, you know, this mm-hmm. scenario of it happening. So it was, I mean, they fit a lot in, in the amount of time that they did it. They also did a lot of verbatim stuff, you know, film mm-hmm. that we've seen, things that were recorded or written down they definitely did their research mm-hmm. they they missed their research in a few places and we'll get to that yeah. so i texted katie a lot of notes throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing um so <laughs> i started out with well yikes the mormon family vibes are strong and mm-hmm. that was at the very beginning they show this 
super happy family, which is Lori and Charles and JJ and Tylee having Christmas with Kay and Larry Woodcock. Whoa. Which, whoa. I was like, oh, that's kind of shitty to do. Yeah. Now, JJ was just pretty much a cute kid who had a few meltdowns. Tylee throughout the entire thing was pretty sad and angry with her mother. Now, I appreciated it because there's been a lot of things said about Tylee that she was just this really sullen, difficult teenager. Um, No, she wasn't. She no. was sick of her mom's bullshit is what yeah. she was. And she called her out several times and uh, really, and, and also they did a good job of covering the fact that Tylee mostly raised JJ. JJ would start having a meltdown and Lori would just kind of go, JJ, you got to stop, you know, and then mm-hmm. um, Tylee would come in and solve it. Yeah. And it was pretty clear that Lori did not know how to take care of him. And didn't know how to handle him when he was having a meltdown. Like, Tylee took that over and over. Mm-hmm. So, at the very beginning, well, I'd heard, it was kind of going around on the internets, that the actor that plays Alex actually looks a lot like Mark Means. And he does. <laughs> he does look a lot like Mark Means, which was pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny. So, they show... Lori in a bookstore, picking up one of Chad's books and just having this moment and then just reading and reading and reading. It's one of his doomsday books. And then sitting with Charles and being like, okay, oh my gosh, you know, I've told you, I've always thought that the, the apocalypse was coming, but it's, it's right here. It's going to happen in two years. And so she's like really taking in Chad's book. Mm-hmm. as though it's like gospel and she's telling Charles and you can see Charles kind of like, Oh, uh, hmm, you know, trying to be supportive, but also like, what the hell, you know? And, and she's like, you got to promise me, you're going to help me. We have to figure out how to train and, and, and be ready for this and be prepared. And, and basically they're talking about going, she's talking about going to the preparing people mm-hmm. events. Um, he says to her, um, I don't care if the end of the world comes as long as I'm with you. And she's freaking out and um, fangirling Chad Daybell like crazy. Mm-hmm. So then she's at a preparing a people event. Um, in which it was something like it was sort of like a fair. And she's walking <laughs> around and there's all these booths. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of them, they're um, giving out bottles of iodine pills you know for when the nuclear war comes and like it was pretty something mm-hmm. well she walks up as melanie gibb is giving a talk and she's talking about all of her challenges with being the mother of an autistic son mm-hmm. and at one moment she puts her hand on her heart and Lori's standing a ways away and looks at her and puts her hand on her heart too and then <laughs> The magic happened and they became best friends. It was super, and I know this is lifetime, so it's super sappy. So they go after and they have this big, long talk and they go on a walk and, you know, and and Lori's like, oh my gosh, I've only known you an hour, but I feel like I've known you forever and you're like my best friend. And anyway, it got all 
whatever. But it, yeah, it was so like, <gasps> you know, like, oh, good Lord, you know. So then um, you see one, there's one scene with Joe Ryan, which is Tylee's dad, where he brings Tylee home from a visit and he confronts Lori because Lori's been saying all this doomsday stuff in front of the kids. And Tylee has told him about it and that she's scared that her mom is talking about all this crazy stuff. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you scaring her? She had to sleep with the light on last night. What is going on? And, you know, in typical Lori fashion, she basically just totally blew him off. And he said, if you don't stop it, um, I'm, I'm going to go to the judge with this. And so then, of course, Tylee's really upset. But I don't think Lori ever really understood why Tylee was really upset. Like it just clearly that there's a huge disconnect between her and Tylee, which I think there was in real life. So I think they got that okay in the movie. Um, I will say they did a real good job of making Lori especially blonde and beautiful. It was kind of gross. Um, too young for her actual age. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a pretty yeah, good job turned- with. Forty-eight yesterday. Right, right, yeah, and she definitely doesn't look like she's in. Oh, her. on Saturday, forty-eight on Saturday. Yeah, she so she should have been in her mid-forties there, and it she looked much, much younger and perfectly beautiful, and it painfully, painfully skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they did a good job with Charles, uh, as far as the the casting is concerned. The guy looked a lot like Charles. And Joe Ryan, I thought they did a pretty good job with as well. So, you know, they were kind of trying to match him. But, of course, Lori's the heroine of the story. So she's got to mm-hmm. be all beautiful and perfect, which is gross. Super gross. Yeah, she's got to have that glowing vagina. Right. And they definitely did do that. Um. <laughs> so then they show her. At a uh, stand-up comedy routine where Alex is doing his comedy. And it's terrible. (laughs) It's so bad. He bombs, you know, but that's kind of a funny thing because that's been definitely part of the story. Right. Um, In between a lot of things, she's saying her prayers. So there are these huge melodramatic prayers. And in this prayer... She prays about how um, that her kids can just hang on for a little while longer because he's going to be passing away. And she's referring to Joe Ryan. Hmm. And then she gets a phone call. And guess what? Joe Ryan is dead. And there's a, uh, a scene where she tells Tylee and Tylee is very upset. And accuses her of being happy that he's dead, which was interesting. I mean, they they got the mm-hmm. the um the character there. dynamics quite well yeah. in a lot of places, except that she didn't pray like a Mormon. Mm-hmm. They didn't use they did they really didn't do their research, I think, on on the religious aspect of it, because a lot of the religious stuff that happens in the show, it's not LDS stuff. Like she wasn't dear heavenly father you know, Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You know, we know there's a very specific way that Mormons pray and they, she wasn't doing that. She was doing dear God. Mormons don't pray like that. Mm -hmm. So I, that was a little bit like, eh, you guys missed the mark Mm -hmm. 
on that. Do you think they did that on purpose because they were trying to not upset or offend people? Or do you think they I, just I don't know. Them? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Because later on when they do Tammy's funeral, they show Tammy's funeral and it's definitely not a Mormon funeral. Not even close. So I don't know if they did that on purpose or not. Yeah. Interesting. So she's like getting pretty unhappy with old Charles because Charles is not buying in to the doomsday stuff at all. He's just mm-hmm. not. And so she, and she's really struggling with JJ and she, you know, is talking to Melanie Gibb and Melanie Gibbs like, guess what? Uh, next month, Chad Daybell is going to be speaking in St. George, Utah. And why don't we go and we can talk all the way there and back. Right. So they drive to St. George and oh my God, the, this, the way that Chad and Lori meet is it's so gross. So he speaks and he's afterward, he's signing books and she's clutching her book that she's been reading and telling Charles all about. And and Melanie's like, you should go meet him. And so she's walking across the room and their eyes lock. Oh God! And then it all sort of becomes slow motion for a moment as they walk up to each other and she introduces herself and he says something like, I knew you would be here or some stupid crap like that. Like it's super gross. <laughs> um, the creep factor is super strong there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was gross. But then they they talked and they talked and they talked and they at one point they were sitting in the bar of the hotel, which I also was like, mm, yeah, no, no, no. Mormons would not not even to just have a soda, they would what? sit in a different place. They would not mm-hmm. sit in the bar. No. And I was kind of like, eh, guys, you're kind of missing the culture here. So they talk yeah. and they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk all about his books and all of the stuff that he believes and all the stuff he's prophesying and he tells her right there that I know that we've been married nine times before and um I know that you're actually a god and she comes off as being like really kind of vulnerable and impressionable and she's like oh you know like she just can't even believe it that he's saying these things to her and that she is just eating it up man she is not questioning him at all is that real? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. That so, is, that's the thing. I'm going to interrupt you for one sec. That's mm-hmm. the thing that worries me about this stupid movie being released so prematurely. Yeah. Is that it is selling a narrative. It is. It is and very it is, much selling a narrative. And it is not necessarily the correct narrative, at least all right. of it. And that worries me. It really worries me about the jury pool. If this is a wise thing to do, I think it wasn't, you know. Yeah, I don't either. And it's selling a narrative that may or may not be true. And that narrative right there is really dangerous. It is. See, who was the bigger perp? Who was the mastermind? Was it shared? Who was on top? We don't know that for sure. And for Lifetime to put it out there, like this was, you know, Chad was the big old bad guy. And Lori was the impressionable, vulnerable woman that believed everything. That that's prejudicial. I, I'm worried. I it am. Is. I know. I, I agree. I I totally hear you. It, it is it's weird. 
he's just super creepy. He starts calling her beauty right off the bat. Like they've been, they've been talking for like two hours and that's what he's referring to her as, which I'm like, uh, um, he also tells her that he has had a vision that, um, people are becoming zombies and that it's not like in the movies, but it's that they are being, um, that their souls are being taken and they're basically being inhabited by alien uh, beings. Mm-hmm. And she says, what can we do about that? And he says, all we can do is pray for the death of the hijacked bodies. Oh, my God. Oh, I was like, oh, gross. Jeez. Oh. Way to set that up. Mm-hmm. Um, then he starts talking about the 144,000 and about how um, the 144,000 don't just come together automatically, that there has to be this group of elites that organize them and bring them together, and that he's putting together this group of elites, mm-hmm. and he tells Lori that she's one of them. And again, she's just like, <gasps> you know, just mm-hmm. uh, eating it up, eating it up. You know, at no point, you think you'd have a conversation with somebody like this and you'd be like, hold the phone. You know, she wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they continue talking and they, they're talking on the phone. And so she really wants to see him. So they set up that visit where he comes down there to stay when um, yeah. Charles is out of town. And so in the movie, he really tries to initiate like having sex with her that night when he's staying at her house Mm -hmm. and she won't do it and says, I want to be with you, but not while we're with our partners. And he tells her that they cannot divorce their partners and that, you know, basically God's going to take care of it. You know, God's going to take care of them kind of thing. So she goes to bed and he comes and wakes her up early the next morning and tells her he's had a vision. Uh And in the vision, guess who is a zombie? Charles. Of course he is. I mean, it's so obvious. It sounds like a Lifetime movie, even though it actually happened, you know. And I mean, they made this easy. They really did. So she totally is like, maybe it's true because he hasn't been listening to me and he doesn't want to participate in the in the preparing for the apocalypse stuff. So it's probably true. Um, And this is when Chad tells her, you are a God more powerful than a million dark souls. And she's like, oh, Chad, you know, gross, gross. And then he's, he's like, okay, I have to leave. I need to go back to Idaho. But then they step into her walk-in closet and kiss. And then he tells her that he has created a portal in this closet so that they can communicate anytime they need to. So the whole closet portal thing happens, which is so weird. They had um, to have that. Just had to have that there. Yeah. Right? So then she goes into the, after he's gone back home, she goes into the portal and talks to him and tries to get him to answer and well wouldn't you know he doesn't freaking answer and she calls him and she is pissed she's like what 
you set up this portal. Why isn't it working? <laughs> Turns out the portal is broken uh, because some dark souls broke it. Don't you know? <laughs> she was like wow. literally standing in there speaking to him as though he was going to speak back to her, which was like, yikes. Wow. Oh, oh, so. So about that time, she was trying to cook something else up to be able to see Chad for a while and get him to be able to come stay with them for a while. So she got into Charles' email and she sent him an email from Charles, basically offering him a job to come write his life story so that he would have cover to come and visit Arizona for a while, like weeks at a time. Because he's working on this book that he's getting paid for, right? Uh So you see this, uh, this is maybe one of maybe only two times you actually see Tammy in this film. Uh Where he's telling her, oh my gosh, I just got offered this job. This man, remember that man, Charles Vallow? I went and stayed at his house. He wasn't even there. And, well, he wants to hire me. He wants me to come write his life story. And so I'm going to need to go stay in Arizona for a few weeks. And she's like, okay, that's really great. You know, poor Tammy. Um, So they're getting that all cooked up. And then guess what? Because Lori is a terrible criminal. Charles finds the email. Mm-hmm. And, you know, supposedly says that he's going to tell Tammy that there's something going on between Lori and uh, Chad. So guess what? I'll bet I can guess. Yeah. Well, first of all, she just tries to, well, and of course this is the show. Um, and you know, is it really like this? I don't know, but, but, so they show when he she cancels his flight and steals his money and takes his truck and all of that stuff. And he calls Kay and, mm-hmm. you know, is all upset and, you know, he's filing for divorce and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So she writes or she calls Chad and she's like, it's all good. He's filing for divorce. He's just going to divorce me and then it's all going to be good. Well, we know that didn't really work out because he didn't really want to divorce her. In spite of all this bullshit, he actually loved her. Yeah. And so um, he and she and Alex and Melanie Gibb in the story Mm -hmm. have a conversation about how to take care of Charles. Oh, So Melanie Gibb is in that conversation in the show. I don't know how she's going to feel about that. Um. So then, and, and, you know, maybe that is in fact true. So of course the, the shooting happens and they don't show it. Um, they show the aftermath mm-hmm. when um, Alex comes outside and he's got his hands up and he's bloody and he's talking to the police. They show that conversation with Lori when she um kind of laughs it off and they're like aren't you upset that your husband's dead oh hi neighbors sorry we just moved in two weeks ago this is a weird way to meet they they did that part like verbatim that came from the um came from the police's body cams Mm -hmm. so then 
they show the pool party. So there's this big old pool party happening in their backyard. Remember that happened the day that Charles was killed. Now, I will say they did not show Charles come in the house and have a big confrontation with Alex. Good. They showed him come in the house and yell for the kids and say, hey, the school bus is here. You guys need to get out there and go to school. And then Alex just comes around the corner with a shotgun. I mean, it just like they don't show the the setup, you know, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting, I think, because nobody really believes that that actually happened. Yeah. Well, let's see here. So then they start talking. Uh, so she's like, OK, well, you know, I'm free. But what am I going to do? Because she finds out she doesn't get the life insurance and that all shit, you know, shit hits the fan over that. Mm-hmm. So she calls up Chad and she's like, listen, I want to be with you and we're not together. And he didn't leave me anything. And now I have to figure out how to support myself. Basically, what are you going to do about that? Which was pretty <laughs> interesting. But then you see him signing up for the life insurance policy in Tammy's name. And he tells her that he's had a vision, of course, Mm -hmm. that Tammy's going to die in a car accident in two weeks. So she gets all prepared. And he tells her there's there there are these um, townhouses here in Rexburg that are only about a mile from where I live. And I think we ought to just get you set up in one. And and so she goes and pulls JJ out of school and does all this stuff and moves to Idaho and then. This is weird. And then we're going to take a break, but I want to say this one first because this was interesting. Um, Because she's expecting that this is what's going to happen. Uh Oh, by the way, they've been lying to JJ the whole time that um, Charles is not dead. He's working in California. And then they cut for a minute to Melanie... uh, Boudreaux, which she hadn't been in the show very much other than just like in the background. And it shows her asking her husband for a divorce. And she says, you can have everything as long as you don't get in the way of the mission to Brandon. So then Lori moves to Idaho because she thinks Tammy's dead. Yeah. She already thinks the car accident has happened. She moves. She I'm here. I'm all set up. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're really busy with the funeral and everything. And he's sitting in his kitchen looking at Tammy. Oh, my God. Because uh, she's not dead. Yeah. Okay. So we need to take a little break. And when we come back, I will tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> all right. And we're back. And we are laying out the uh, Doomsday Mom movie and talking a little bit about, you know, did it fit? Did it not? Was it gross? Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> Came out a lot on of it really Saturday, does. the 26th. Weirdly, Lori's birthday. So, ew, yes. again. I know, that's creepy, huh? There's been a lot of dates lining up lately with this case that are kind of strange. Kind of it's been strange. happening with... Yeah court hearings and stuff too Mm -hmm. so uh you know Lori's super mad and kind of like uh why is your wife still alive what's going on you know 
it's just so, it's such a weird thing to, I don't know. The whole thing is so crazy. Like, well, I was just expecting her to be dead so that we could just be together, you know? But again, serious narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So Kylie is obviously struggling with all of this and kind of angry and sullen and they're portraying her as pretty sad and frustrated with Lori. And then, you know, Chad has a vision. Of course wow. he does. And in that vision, Tylee and JJ have been taken over by the alien spirits and they are zombies. And then right after that, Tylee and Lori have a big fight where Tylee confronts Lori about not taking care of JJ and expecting her to do everything and her crazy beliefs and her weird friends and dragging them to Idaho for what reason and um, takes off to her friend's house, which how she could possibly have had a friend Yeah, because they lived in Rexburg about five really, seconds. Really sad that she didn't have any friends here. I wish she had had yeah. a friend's house to take off to. I know I yeah. do too. Though um, I'm certain that Tylee called her on her bullshit. She had oh, yeah. to have. Uh, 100%. That's why everyone's like, oh, she's just really difficult. Well, wouldn't you be if you were 16 years old watching what's going on with your parent, with your crazy ass mother, you know? Yeah. So that's when Lori has the revelation that, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Tylee is a zombie, you know? Because if your kid gets mad at you, then they're a zombie, I guess. Sure. If they don't um, support the mission, don't you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So right after that, they take the fated visit to Yellowstone Park. So Alex is there and they're, um, you know, Tylee and JJ and Lori and they're all, you know, hiking and stuff. And then it's so creepy. Tylee is standing on a bridge looking out um, at the view and they just she just begins to fade and then disappears. Oof. Yeah, which was awful. Creepy, creepy, awful. So then you go to a, a scene where JJ's like, where's Tylee? And Lori says, oh, she left for college. She had to leave early. And uh, so she couldn't say goodbye. Oh. So now dad's working in California and Tylee's off at college. And they're mm -hmm. both dead. And then Lori starts having a really hard time with JJ because she can't manage him. Tylee's always been the one managing him. And, and we Charles. Know. And Charles, yeah. Um, so, oh, then they show Chad sending the text to Tammy about the raccoon and about how he had to shoot a raccoon in the middle of the day and bury it in the pet cemetery, which we now know is covered, covering for when they buried Tylee. Mm -hmm. um, and they did that text message verbatim, which was pretty interesting. And they showed some, they showed some really gruesome stuff with uh, Alex with digging graves and burying them, but they've really screwed up because they showed him burying what was left of Tylee's body at night. Oh, and I'm like, uh, no, that happened in the middle of the morning. Mm -hmm. They have the cell phone pings. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a big mistake, I thought. Like, why yeah. are you showing this at night? This didn't happen at night. But, obviously, yeah, that was wrong. But then I still have to question, 
was it a mistake or are they trying to twist this just enough that they won't have to be accountable for publishing this movie? Maybe. Because you know, that was, we, a, that was a pretty big error. We threw lots of theater in. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So then uh, Melanie Gibb comes to stay with Lori. It's that weekend where they're doing the podcast and, you know, JJ's kind of going bonkers and they're really struggling. And Lori and Melanie, Lori tells Melanie she can stay in Tylee's room. And Melanie's like, why? Where's Tylee? Oh, she's at college. And they walk into this bedroom that is like bare. There's nothing in this room. And they cut to the Nate, inter Nate Eaton interview with Melanie where she says that it seemed really weird. Like it didn't seem like a room a teenager was living in. Mm -hmm. And that, and Melanie was like, college? When? I thought she was still in high school. And and um, Lori just says, oh, she got her GED. And again, everybody just effing believes these idiots, you know? Mm -hmm. So then Alex and Lori and Melanie have a conversation about Chad seeing a vision that Tylee and JJ are zombies. And they show Melanie really questioning it, like, I don't so much about that you know I don't know you know there's lots of questions mm -hmm. about what happened that weekend mm -hmm. so they're trying to record the podcast and JJ freaks out he freaks out because he's looking for his iPad because he wants to FaceTime Tylee mm -hmm. and he's tearing through the kitchen cupboards and stuff and gets up on the counters and he knocks over the picture of Jesus and Lori looks at the, him and looks at the picture of Jesus again and you know like then she knows he's a zombie too. So um, the next day, Lori pulls JJ out of school and then he just vanishes. Yeah. <sighs> so then um, Chad and Lori start talking about going to Kauai. And he's talking about how it's the perfect place to get married. Now, keep in mind... His Tammy's wife's still, still alive. Yeah. Tammy's wife is still alive. Chad's wife. So then they start talking about, or yeah, Chad's wife. Um, they start talking about what kind of a ring she would like and how she doesn't like diamonds because they're cold and hard. And that she's always wanted a Malachite ring and blah, 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 as we know. In the midst of that, Kay calls looking for JJ. Mm -hmm. They haven't seen or been able to FaceTime with him or anything for like five weeks at this point. And they kind of have a big, you know, she's screaming at Lori and Lori's like, well, he's just not here right now. He's really busy. I'll have him call. Yeah. You know, and hangs up. And they show again the life insurance where Chad buys life insurance on Tammy and Lori's buying the rings on Amazon. And then they cut to the shooting of Brandon Boudreaux. So they bring the Melanie Pulowski, Melanie Boudreaux, Pulowski, and Brandon story in a little bit, but not very much. This mm -hmm. is very much focused on Lori. Um, but they do show the attempted shooting and they do show uh, the police speaking to Melanie about it. Mm -hmm. And her saying that she was right here in Rexburg with her aunt. So then Tammy dies and Chad finds her on the floor next to the bed. Huh. And that is interesting 
because the main story is that she was found in bed. Mm-hmm. But then there's that whole thing running around about that he and Garth moved her to into the bed. Into the bed. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, they find her on the floor. So not sure about that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Tammy dying goes by real quick. Mm-hmm. There's really no respect for her at all. They show a funeral that is basically outside it looks like, um, I don't know, like a lot of other Christian funerals that you see where they speak at the graveside mm-hmm. and Chad speaks, but it doesn't look anything like a Mormon funeral at all. Mm-hmm. No. So right after Tammy dies, the wedding rings arrive and they show him getting down on one knee and asking her. It's so gross. Yeah. Um, and they start doing a lot of. Uh, little cutouts where Lori and Chad are both quoting scripture and these scriptures are basically justifying all the stuff they're doing mm-hmm. um, all twisted up you know so they fly to Kauai and talk to Melanie Gibb um, while they're there and she's like what are you doing there and she's like well we're getting married and she's like Tammy's only been dead two weeks so they get married in Kauai, blah, blah, blah. There's a really gross kind of sex scene between Chad and Lori that's blah, yucky. No, 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 no. No. So then they come back to Rexburg and Kay reports to the police, you know, trying to get help for JJ. So that's when the cops show up at Lori's mm-hmm. and they talk to Alex and Chad and Alex and Chad both act like they don't really know Lori that well, and they don't even have her phone number. Well, they know. They say in the show, and I don't know if the cops knew this at the time. Maybe they did. They say, well, that's strange that you don't know her phone number since she's your wife. <laughs> and I don't know if they actually... I don't think they actually knew that, but uh, you should have seen his face. It was pretty great. Mm-hmm. So then they say, oh, well, she's next door. They finally admit she's next door in Alex's apartment. And they talk to her and she tells the lie about how um, JJ is with Melanie Gibb. Yeah. And tell the lie about how, oh, you won't be able to reach her right now because um, they're, at the, they're at the movies, right? And so then they call Melanie and they're like, Hey, you got a life for us, you know? And Melanie is really um, messed up about it. As we know, she finally in the show tells the police that he was with her, but he went home three months ago. Ah! I know. I'm like, uh, I don't hmm, not quite. Not that. Yeah. No. So then they cut to the storage unit where they find their storage unit. Mm-hmm. And there's some real questions there. And then they find out, of course, that uh, Melanie Gibb does not have JJ. So, of course, they go with the warrant. And by the time they get there with the warrant, of course, Chad and Lori are gone. They've run to Hawaii. Oh, this was interesting, though. 
because before they left, they have this conversation with Alex. And Alex was looking pretty ill. <laughs> which I thought was interesting. I'm like, okay. what? Yeah. Sort of so foreshadowing that he's going to die, right? And get married? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they left that out completely. They didn't. And they didn't spin out to any of that stuff. They really stayed very focused. Mm -hmm. So they go to Hawaii. Another really gross kind of sex scene. Ugh. Um, and then Melanie V calls and confronts them, you know, about what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. And they have the big, they have, what do we call it? The scripture, the dance, scripture off dance off conversation yeah. that she recorded. <laughs> yeah. And that's when she tells them that Alex told her that she doesn't want to know where JJ is. Um. They keep showing police, but uh, they did not make any effort at all to represent the Rexburg police. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Mostly because there was a woman and an Asian guy. And I was like, oh, that's way too much diversity for Rexburg. I mean, I know they, have, <laughs> they probably have some women, but I don't know. It was definitely not anything like the Rexburg police. Mm -hmm. So finally, the story hits the news that the kids are missing, or that there are missing children. Uh, and Alex dies of a blood clot in his lung. So then they kind of, this all goes really fast. Lori's ordered to bring the kids to Rexburg and the Woodcocks are in Rexburg in the news, which we know all about. Mm -hmm. And Lori doesn't show up, of course. Um, they skip through all of this. So basically Lori is arrested in Kauai. Then she's extradited to Rexburg. And then they jump clear to, they get Alex's cell phone pings. And that's when they find the kids. Wow. So, so they, sh they shoot in the midst from of February clear to June. Yeah, they do. They leave out a ton of stuff. Um, so then they show Lori meet with Mark Means once, but only him. Like they don't show any of the other attorneys she mm -hmm. met with. Uh, so then they have the conversation where Lori calls Chad and he tells him that the police are there and they're searching outside and um, you know, they use that transcript word for word that we've mm -hmm. all heard that re that recorded call. So yeah. this is June 9th when the police find the bodies. They went um a little bit too graphic on this. Mm. Uh they literally showed like a some kind of bone and then the skull, which were tiley. And no. they showed a they showed a body wrapped in plastic, which was JJ. Oh, which I thought was weird. Oh, and this is when they kind of flash back to Alex burying them. And they flash back to Alex burying Tylee in the dark, which was weird. Very weird. Mm -hmm. So they arrest uh, Chad and they show that the Woodcocks find out, you know, and they're super upset. So then <laughs> this is super weird. So then they show Lori in jail talking to some other female inmates. And she says that in another life, she had an affair with an angel. And that angel, and she had a son, and that son is now her attorney. And he is my beautiful blue-eyed boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 
Holy. Oh, and then so she's got to go meet with him. So this girl has like a whole package of Jolly Ranchers, which is not going to happen in jail. She's like, can I have one? And she takes it and she uses it for lipstick. And then she rubs some of it on her cheeks. And that's the end of the movie. That's it. Wow. Which is really weird. To be continued. Got Very me. much so. Well, you know, it said at the beginning, uh, Doomsday Mom, the Lori Vallow story, uh, episode one. Uh-huh. So this is clearly going to move on, go on. So they did like do a little thing at the bottom of the screen that said that Chad and Lori had been indicted for first degree murder and blah, 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 all that stuff. But it, mm -hmm. it cut off very abruptly. Um, it was really weird. weird. That whole thing about uh, Mark Means was her son in another life. And she said something weird about, I was just so glad he had blue eyes. He's my blue eyed little, my blue eyed baby boy. It was so weird and creepy. Oh my God. And they did show about how Lori's been found incompetent and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's just where it ends very abruptly. Boom. There's the weird movie. Wow. Parts uh, of it were very accurate. Parts of it were not. Yeah. A lot of it was real cringy. It really, really makes me sad for Tammy's family. Uh, yeah. To have to see any of that. And maybe they didn't. Hopefully they didn't watch it. But you I know, hope not. And I hope anyone not. who knows her. Because there's this whole sort of great romance element to it. Yeah. Between Laurie and Chad that's just really gross. And then, and then Tammy is just basically invisible in the yeah. movie, which is like, my God, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yuck. And yikes. Yeah. yeah. So I did that. <laughs> well, thank you for doing that. So I didn't have to. I... There you go. I, I owe you a diet cherry limeade, and I'm pretty sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> but but good job. Good well, job. thanks. Good job. <laughs> good job. So I mean, you can watch it. It's on Lifetime. If you want to watch it, you don't have to yeah. watch it. It's up to you. But if you do, come over here and tell us what you thought. Tell us what you think. But yeah, it's something to behold. I'll just say that. <laughs> Well, you guys, this is Monday. This is our first case of the week. And so we will be back with two more great cases as well as our live update at 7 p.m. Mountain on Wednesday night and the Psychic Hour at 7 p.m. Mountain on Thursday night. So, you know, we've got way more great stuff to come, but we wanted to share this with you on our first episode of the week because many of you are asking where is our evaluation of this crazy movie? So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you guys, if you want to send us a case that you would like us to cover, you can do that by going to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. There's a little form you can fill out and it will send us an email and it will suggest us a case. Please be patient with us. <laughs> We're getting to all of them. It just takes time. But we really do appreciate you guys uh, sending those cases to us because we yeah. we uh, we like to cover as many of them as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know it. 
We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Thank you.